This is the Internet Ballers Podcast, episode 15. You're listening to the Internet Ballers Podcast with your host, Michael Pasha. The show for internet entrepreneurs who want to accelerate their progress and expand their vision by standing on the shoulders of giants. Welcome to the Ballers Circle. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Baller Circle. I'm Michael Pasha, the host of the Internet Ballers Podcast, and today is the July Monthly Roundup episode. July was a great month, had some great interviews with people like Vince Reed, with Mark Nathan, had another great interview with Timothy Moser. I wanted to talk about those interviews, I wanted to talk about my takeaways, and then I wanted to get into what I call Internet Marketing 101. So first, let's start with Vince Reed. Uh, So Vince and I had a great interview uh, I was really impressed with uh, with his backstory. He really shared a lot of personal stuff about how he grew up and how a lot of that, uh, the environment that he grew up in and the things that he went through really shaped his life. And he talked about the importance of telling your story because, you know, when you're successful, a lot of people forget about that those who aren't exactly where you are right now want to be able to relate to you. And the best way to relate with your audience is to share your story with them, to let them know that, hey, once and you know, sometime in the, you know, the, in the past, I was where you are right now. So then those people can see that, Hey, you went through the same process that I'm trying to do and you were able to make it. So that makes it possible for me as well. So people love that sort of stuff. Um, Vince also talked about the fact that the more experience you have, uh, the more you can change your mindset. So each time you learn something, each time you try something out, you're going to gain a lot more experience, you're going to gain a lot more confidence, and you can shift your mindset on thinking about what's possible. He also talked about the importance of getting around people who are better than you and who make you better. And he said, you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, I think it's uh, it makes you feel good a lot of times if you are, you know, surrounded by people who are constantly looking up to you and asking you questions and it makes you feel like, you know, the the great person, the really smart person, but really it, it stunts your learning. So if you really want to grow and you really want to learn, instead of being the smartest person in the room, you want to make sure um, that there are other people in that room who are smarter than you that you can learn from so that you can get even better. Um, Vince also talked about uh, goal setting, and he talked about the four M's of goal setting, which are mastery, mating, material, and movement. Uh, so in mastery, uh, he said that um, you know people want to know that you're an expert when you walk in the room. They want to know that you're successful in your craft, uh, and so you want to have a goal to master Whatever it is that you're that you're striving to to uh, to teach people on that you're striving to be great at, and just focus on becoming the absolute best that you possibly can and mastering that thing. Uh, the other thing was setting a goal related to mating, right? So people want to be able to attract um, the uh, you know others that that they are attracted to, and they want to be able to do that. Um, often they, they, you know, they'll set goals and they'll say, Hey, you know, I want to do Sam attractive to these other people. Uh, so goals will be, will be centered around that. Uh, the next thing was material. So, you know, having a goal that's, uh, materialistic. So, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. And I mean, I think, um, you know, having material possessions and having material wants and needs a lot of times, um, you know, I mean, material things are, are very helpful and, and very motivating and, uh, a lot of times it's uh, it's nice to have that that material goal 
that can help you move forward. So if, you know, hey, saying, you know, I, w- I want a really nice house or I want a, you know, a certain car or I want a certain watch or whatever it may be, certain clothes, uh, I think it's uh, important, and Vince pointed out, that it's important to, you know, have, you know put those things in your, uh, you know, in your goals. Uh, and the other thing was movement. Uh, he talked about um, the importance of, uh, you know, some people having goals where they, they want to change the world. You know, they want to be out there, you know, doing something big and doing something important. Uh, people like Elon Musk was one of the examples that that uh, that Vince uh, mentioned. Uh, and I really like that because I, I, I definitely agree that, you know, when you have a big goal, when you have something you feel like you're going to change the world, uh, it also uh, helps you to stay motivated uh, when things don't go well. I know we talked um, last month. I shared a little bit about the uh, the grit model, and uh, Angela Duckworth in her book she outlines uh, you know the, the the important things that people have who are gritty. And one of the things that she mentioned that I really like, which relates to this, is um, specifically that they have goals um, and they have a vision for themselves that's bigger than themselves. Your number one goal should be and his number one goal was to be his mentor's number one student so if you have a mentor you know that is one great thing to focus on to just say hey no matter who else is being taught by my mentor i want to be this person's number one student i want to be the person that they're they're going around and talking about and raving about and i want to learn everything i can so i can get the most out of this relationship and if you don't have a mentor then that means that's you know some work to do to go out there and, and find a good mentor um, Vince mentioned that, you know, it's, it's, it's challenging finding a good mentor and, you know, he happened to get lucky and a lot of other people happened to get lucky and find, you know, mentors that were, uh, intelligent and that were, um, you know, straightforward, but there are a lot of, uh, scammers out there. And, and so you have to be careful with who you select, but I think, um, you know, having a good mentor is invaluable. So it's definitely important to do your research and, and make sure you find someone who, uh, can actually help you move from where you are to where you actually want to be. Um, he talked about uh, the fact that um, you can squeeze value out of even a bad opportunity. So if you, for example, chose a mentor that wasn't that great, so if you already paid them and you're thinking, okay, this person clearly took advantage of me, they took my money, then you can say to yourself, okay, I've already paid for this, maybe I can't get my money back, but what can I get from it? What can I learn? What value can I squeeze out of it so it's not a completely lost opportunity? Um, Vince also said that he didn't believe in the, the shiny object syndrome. Now, for those who aren't familiar with that term, basically the shiny object syndrome is, you know, the syndrome where, you know, you get focused on one thing and you're like, I'm really going to do this. And then, you know, five minutes later or five months later, you see something else that looks like a better opportunity that maybe something you can do easier or something you can do faster or something you can do cheaper. And so you switch gears and you run after that new thing. And then, you know, inevitably something else comes up. So you run after that new thing and you keep switching gears, uh, and, um, you know, some people are, uh, you know, when they talk about shiny object syndrome, they basically say, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have that. Just stay focused on what you're doing. But uh, Vince actually had the belief that people who say that uh, just want you to be focused on them. Um, Vince also mentioned the fact that he said, you know, if you understand the value in value, you will never go broke. And basically what I took from that was that, you know, if you really understand what's valuable to people, then you can always find a way to get them that thing that's valuable and they will be willing to pay for it. So if you're always focused on value uh, and you know what's valuable, you know what people are willing to pay for, you will always have a place in the marketplace and you will always have something to sell to people because people pay for what's valuable. Um, you know, Vince, uh, he, he, 
he mentioned the uh, the story of the uh, the California Gold Rush, you know, which I know a lot of people are familiar with. The fact that people were running out west because of all this news that there was gold to be found in the mountains, and they went out there with picks and shovels, and they you know tried to dig the gold out. The people that made the most money weren't necessarily the ones who were searching for gold, but it was the people who were selling the picks and the shovels. Um, and that actually reminds me of something interesting that I heard from Steve Forbes of Forbes magazine. And what Steve Forbes said was that uh, when it comes to investing, uh, you always make more money selling the investment advice than you do taking the investment advice. And I think that that's, that's very telling. And I feel like the, the story of the picks and the shovels is very true. The people who made the money weren't the people looking for the gold, but the people who sold the tools to the people who, look, who were looking for gold. Uh, so Vince said, you know, it's important to figure out what are the picks and the shovels in your industry and sell those things to everyone else. And if you can figure out what those picks and shovels are, then you'll have a lucrative business going forward. Um, another thing that Vince uh, mentioned that I like um, was the fact that he had a lot of good health habits. So he talked about how he gets up early in the morning before the sun comes up. Uh, he has his green smoothie. He records a podcast and he starts working on his execution list. Uh, and he talked about how he balances his his work life and his family life, how he has a, a date night with his wife every Friday, regardless of what's going on. Even when they had a, a young baby, they still did their date nights. Uh, and I think that's a great thing to, to keep uh, keep a relationship strong. Um, he also goes for, you know, walks with his daughter in the morning to spend time with her and plays with her before she goes to bed. Uh, and he said that, you know, there's really no perfect balance. You just have to like play around with things and figure out what works for you. Um, and someone else who iterated that same point was uh, the next guest, which was Mark Nathan. So Mark was the author of uh, the book, The Delusion of Passion. Um, and I really liked uh, Mark's uh, information that he shared about passion, um, about how people, um, a lot of times they get so focused on living a life of passion, uh, and they pass up great opportunities because they didn't fall in love with the idea and they weren't passionate about it all the time. Uh, he talked about the importance of creating, uh, passion as you move throughout your life and that you don't really find the passion in the process. You find the passion in the results. So the process usually isn't very fun. It's a lot of work. It's hard. It's sometimes long nights and weekends. And um, there's a lot that's going to happen that you're not going not gonna to really enjoy. But the results is really what you're doing all this work for. So you can have those great results and you can end up with... Um, Whatever it is you're looking for, whether it's a you know a gold medal, whether it's a trophy, whether it's money or a successful business, um, the results is really the thing to focus on, uh, not necessarily expecting to uh, enjoy the process. Um, the other thing that he talked about was to kill what's in front of you, and and what he meant by that was, um, you know, to to have a, a a goal and a dream, but no matter what you're doing, even if you're not doing your ideal job right now, you know, just just do an excellent job. He mentioned the fact that uh, goals aren't a constant source of motivation. Uh, goals help you find the right direction and to give you a light at the end of the tunnel, but it shouldn't be your source of motivation. Uh, and I think that you know, shifting the mindset and really focusing on goals and using them the right way and using passion in the right way, because definitely there is a place for both and they're both very important. But uh, I think if you, if you look at them in the way that Mark laid out, uh, I think that's you know incredibly beneficial, and those are definitely things that I'm going to be implementing uh, in my life and in my business. 
um, he said that, you know, you need to have an understanding of whatever your goals are, how you're going to go from point A to point B. So you, you, you know, everyone's heard the, the saying, if you, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And I think, you know, Mark was really getting at that in that, you know, if you're going to set a goal, you got to really understand the process. And a lot of times in order to understand the process, you need to find someone else who's been through that process before. Uh, if you don't have expertise in a particular area, you might not know all the steps. You might not know what you don't know even. So sometimes you have to reach out to other people, get a circle of uh, people who are smarter than you, like you know Vince talked about not being the smartest person in the room. And, and that person can help you figure out what are all the steps that you need to take in order for you to truly be successful and uh, accomplish your goal. Um, the next thing that he talked about um, was that uh, a lot of times people, uh, they quit too soon because they're so focused on wanting to be passionate about stuff. They never want to stick anything out. And because of that, people don't ever get good at anything because they don't stick it out long enough to get good at it and to become a master, to, to, to gain that mastery that Vince talked about. And sometimes that's what you have to do. You have to just stick with it and just, you know, suck it up and, it, you know, may not be fun every day, but then once you do that and once you gain mastery, the, um, you know, the joy and the results will come afterward. Uh, and if you're always pivoting from one thing to the next because uh, you're bored or because you don't feel passionate about it, you won't ever get good enough to actually see those results that you're that you're looking for. Um, the other thing that he talked about um, was the importance of uh, not expecting to get world class results without being willing to put in world class effort. Uh, I think a lot of times. You know, people have these great goals that they want to accomplish, but they don't really want to do the work that it takes to get that goal. So you need to make sure you're matching up the effort that you're willing to put in with the results that you're expecting to get in the end. And if they're not matched up, figure out, okay, well, how can I match these up? What do I need to do so that I can make sure I'm doing what I need to do to, to get the results that I'm that I'm looking for? And if you're not willing to do that, maybe it's time to also look at um, shifting the goal. Um, and, and maybe it's you can break your goal down into smaller increments or something that's easier to accomplish um, right now until you get to a place where you can do the things you need to do to accomplish that much bigger and uh, loftier goal. He also talked about the importance of uh, finding and uh, developing good habits and how um, important thing to do when you're trying to develop good habits is not to think that you can just get rid of a bad habit without finding something good to replace it with. And he used the analogy of you know someone having an apartment and they're sick of their sofa and they're sick of their TV and they're sick of their coffee table and they're sick of their dining room table. So what they do is they go and they throw all this furniture out into the alley and then they come home and they have an empty apartment. Well, what do you do when you need to eat dinner? You have no table to eat on. What do you do when you need to sit down and watch TV? You don't have a TV and you have no sofa. What do you do when you need to go to bed? You don't have a bed to sleep on. So eventually you're going to go back down to that alley and then you're going to get that, you know, get the TV once you realize, you know, maybe my crappy TV wasn't, you know, that bad. You know, maybe my crappy bed wasn't that bad unless when you get rid of all the bad stuff, you also replace it with something better. Uh, and the same thing goes for your habits. If you're going to try to kick a bad habit, you have to find something else that you can replace it with so that you don't feel tempted to go back and uh, to go uh, back to that bad habit. The next uh, the next guest that I had was Timothy Moser. Uh, so Timothy, uh, 
He was the author of the book Accelerated Spanish, and he is also the host of the Master of Memory uh, podcast and the Master of Memory blog. And uh, Timothy talked a lot about focusing on your long-term motivations for learning uh, a language uh, and not just your short-term ones. But I think that applies to so many other things in life. Uh, I think we can a lot of times only, uh, we can make the mistake of, of doing one thing of only focusing on the long-term goals or long-term motivations, or we can make the mistake of only focusing on our short-term goals and our short-term motivations. And I think if you only focus on the short-term ones, usually the short-term ones aren't big enough to keep you motivated, uh, you know, because they're not that kind of big picture thing that you really, really want. Um, the, on the other hand, if you only have the big goal and you don't have the small goal, small goals, uh, when you get unmotivated and you haven't seen any sort of accomplishments or, or you know, goals being accomplished, um, and let's say your, you know, larger goal takes a year or five years to accomplish, uh, and you haven't seen any accomplishments in the meantime, it can be hard to stay motivated throughout that period. So um, I think it's important to have have those small goals, but also have the the big motivations and to stay focused on those things when you're trying to learn and trying to get better, because the big motivations are going to be the the true driver and the small motivations are going to give you those, you know, little boosts here and there when, uh, when you really need it, when you're losing motivation. And Timothy talked about the fact that when, you know, when he was building his business, you know, you got to be patient. I mean, he said that, you know, when he built his, when he was building out his Spanish course, uh, he built it out and it took him two years of, you know, launching the course and constantly refining the course and increasing increasing features uh, and finding better Spanish coaches and custom course material before he turned a profit. So he was very patient with this and used it uh, used a very iterative process of getting better and better and better instead of you know coming in launching this product and saying oh in six months I haven't made a profit I give up. No, he didn't quit. He stayed. He was tenacious about it and he continued to work on his business until he got to a point where he um, was was. Uh, able to provide a product that his customers really liked. Um, he talked about the the importance of creating a business where you can get better results for your customers than they can get anywhere else. Uh, and if you are able to do that, you can get these great testimonials from your customers, uh, and they won't want to go anywhere else. They'll be willing to pay uh, more and more for your products because your products are worth it, because the value is truly there. So you constantly want to improve, and you constantly want to make sure that your customers are getting the best value they possibly can. Um, he, uh, he also talked about the fact that when creating a product and trying to solve a problem, you got to make sure that you're solving a problem, one, that people actually want solved, and two, that people are willing to pay for it. There are a lot of problems out there that people have, but they may not necessarily be willing to pay money to solve it. So that's something really important to make sure that you understand and know that people are willing to pay money before you go out and spend all the work developing a product. Because if you do, then you just have a whole lot of wasted time and a product that sits on the shelf and no one actually wants to buy. They may, you know, be interested in it if it's free. So maybe you can later on use it as a lead magnet or something like that, but no one wants to actually pay any money for it. So uh, you won't get the, re- the results that you're, uh, that you're expecting. You know, Timothy also talked about the fact that uh, he pivoted through a lot of different business ventures. So he had number a uh, number of different ideas of things, and he was willing to say, "Okay, I'm going to try this out and see what happens." 
and some of them worked out and some of them didn't. And a lot of them in the beginning did not work out for him and he, he didn't give up. He was tenacious and he said, okay, you know, that one particular thing didn't work for me. I'm going to try it out until I have enough data to say, okay, this is, this is enough time that I put into it and enough money and now I've learned some things from it, but it's time to move on to the next thing. And uh, I think that's really important to not give up, uh, to have that focus, uh, long-term perspective uh, and really just, you know, be willing to go out there and, and do all that you can to make your business thrive and be willing to pivot when, when you, when you need to. Um, he also talked about, um, the fact that he loves internet business, um, because, uh, it allows him to serve more people and to get his ideas out further. So before, uh, he was an internet entrepreneur, uh, you know, he's, he's doing things through, uh, word of mouth and, through more grassroots means. And when he discovered the internet, he realized, hey, I can reach people in other states and other countries all around the world, people I normally wouldn't have easy access to. Uh, and the internet really just, just you know, changed the game for him. Um, and uh, one of the things that he did that really, really helped him propel in his business was investing in himself. Um, so he talked about the fact that, you know, he listened to John Lee Dumas's Entrepreneur on Fire podcast and ended up joining John's Fire Nation Elite uh, group, and uh, he made some great contacts through through being part of that group. Uh, he also uh, went to Chris Ducker's Tropical Think Tank and developed some great relationships there, and was able to find some people to develop a mastermind in. And he's now friends with a lot of successful internet entrepreneurs, such as Pat Flynn. Um, so he's built this huge and great, powerful, helpful network of people by investing in himself, by going out to these events, building relationships, you know, being involved in a mastermind. And he said that, you know, he's been able to learn so much from these relationships that he's built um, through people. And so, you know, building relationships, investing in yourself, having a mastermind group, all those things are so essential to growth and becoming the internet business, uh, you know, baller that you ultimately uh, want to be. And uh, Timothy also talked about that, you know, being an internet entrepreneur allowed him to have the freedom to move and to visit all these different places around the world and different cities uh, in the United States. And how he said that, you know, he has built friendships in most major cities in the US and in Europe. Uh, and, you know, he's able to travel around and, you know, really always have somewhere to stay because he has great friends. Uh, everywhere or at least people to hang out with which is which is pretty awesome and because his business is online because it's through the internet all he needs is his laptop and internet connection and he can run that business and uh, he has that, that that location independence that freedom that I think a lot of people are looking for and something that I really admire about having an internet business it's one of the, the great things about it um, Timothy also wakes up early in the morning he talked about some of his uh, life habits that he gets up at 6 a.m. He does his morning exercises. He uh, eats a protein shake and then he spends three hours uh, writing or doing something creative uh, and he doesn't allow any sort of uh, interruptions uh, from other people because he said, you know, when you get interrupted through email or Facebook messages or whatever, then other people's priorities overshadow your own and then you tend to not get a lot of things done that you need to get done for your business. Um, he said that he doesn't even go on the social media or check email until 2 PM, which is, you know, I thought was pretty late, but I understand that process definitely because he has the entire morning to just focus without any distractions 
and just focus on his business and what he needs to do on his to-do list. Um, and I love that because I think it's so easy to get distracted with social media, with email, with you know whatever other people want you to do or whatever you get distracted by, by uh, you know an interest that has nothing to do with your to-do list of the day. And then you don't end up being as productive as you wish you had been. So that's great advice uh, from Vince, from Mark, and from Timothy. And I really appreciate the, uh, the information they provide on the show. Uh, so now I want to pivot a little bit to, uh, to business. Um, I wanted to talk about my business a little bit, but I also really want to give kind of an internet marketing 101 overview because I know a lot of people listening are very familiar with internet marketing, but I know some of you out there are not. And you're kind of thinking to yourself, how do these people online actually make money? How can I potentially do one of these things myself? Um, so really what I wanted to do is give a quick overview uh, for those people who uh, f- who aren't as familiar with the process of how uh, people make money online. So um, kind of a division that I, I kind of see is, and there's there's lots of ways to make money, but the two the two categories that I kind of focus on are, you know, e-commerce business, businesses, and kind of content marketing uh, businesses. So the e-commerce side, you're you're you know you're selling some sort of pro- physical product, usually through eBay, or you or have an Amazon store, or you have your own storefront, and you're you know you're selling some some physical products in that manner. Um, and you know that's the e-commerce side of things. Uh, and then you're just using either one of those uh, sales platforms that I mentioned, eBay, Amazon, or something similar to that, or you have your own sales uh, storefront. Um, the content marketing side is people who are creating content and they're monetizing that content and the, uh, the audience that they have from the content. So these are people that have YouTube channels. These are people that have blogs. These are people that have podcasts and the content marketing piece, how that works is basically, you know, they, they create a podcast episode, they create a blog post, they create a, a YouTube, uh, video and, the more people that watch that video, that listen to that podcast, that read their blog post, the more you know traffic they have coming to their website, uh, coming to their YouTube channel, coming to their podcast, and they can use that to do usually um, you know one of three things or all three things. Uh, so a lot of people focus on what's called affiliate marketing. So affiliate marketing is you're selling other people's products. So you have a YouTube channel and you talk about tennis and you teach lessons on how to get better at tennis and you know on your channel you discuss you know the best tennis rackets and you have a link to a certain company's website to buy tennis rackets and they give you a commission right so that's affiliate marketing you can do the same thing on a blog where you have a blog post written up and then you have a link in there to you know some product on amazon and when the person clicks on it and goes to amazon and buys it amazon gives that person a commission Um, the other piece is uh, sponsorships. So if you have a really popular blog or really popular podcast or really popular YouTube channel, you can get sponsors, uh, companies that will pay you um, to uh, talk about their products on your site, on your on your podcast or on your YouTube channel. Um, and uh, if you have a sizable audience, I mean, to them, it's the same thing as, you know, placing an ad on the radio or placing an ad on television or placing a print ad in the newspaper or in a magazine. Uh, you know, the, the eyeballs are there, the ears are there, um, you know, and so they, uh, they want to monetize, uh, those, those connections that that person has. So they'll pay them, uh, advertisers will pay them to, um, be on, uh, be a part of their content marketing machine. Uh, and the, the third thing is, uh, people selling their own products. So for example, if you were to 
you know, be that same tennis coach and you're creating YouTube videos about how to do tennis, you may also have a product where you say, okay, I'm teaching you some, you know, lessons on tennis, but I have a course, a complete course, tennis A to Z. Here are all the rules. Here's, you know, the best way to improve your, um, if you, you want to improve your serve or whatever it may be. Uh, and, and the course is there being sold uh, to, uh, to the audience. Um, and what they do in order to get traffic to their YouTube channel, to their blog, to their podcast is usually using, um, one of two strategies or in many cases, both strategies. I know, um, last month, Jason Van Orden talked about, talked about this, the importance of using free traffic and paid traffic. So free traffic strategies include, uh, search, search engine optimization or SEO, uh, and SEO basically is, um, you know, finding uh, ways to get search engines like Google to um, put your product, put your blog post, put your YouTube video, put your podcast, the link to that high up in the search results. So most people, when they go into Google, what do they do? They type in a they type in something in the search bar, the results that come up on the first page are really what they pay attention to. And if you're not on that first page, usually no one knows about your product because people aren't really going to the second and third page or, or even beyond that. Um, and so what you do is you optimize your link, you optimize your website, you optimize your YouTube channel or whatever it may be so that Google puts you higher in the ranks. And you, you do that through you know things like keyword research, uh, finding keywords that people are searching for. Uh, through uh, creating backlinks on your site to improving the domain authority of your site um, and uh, getting backlinks from authoritative uh, other authoritative sites uh, such as Wikipedia or CNN or something like that. Um, the other other strategy that I mentioned was paid traffic. So this is uh, paying for ads on Facebook or fa- ads on Google or, or ads on Twitter. Um, and, uh, and the strategy there is, you know, you, you create some, uh, create a piece of advertising and, you know, people click on the ad and, uh, and either, you know, they can be driven straight to a, uh, opportunity to buy the product or they can be driven to, into a, what's called a sales funnel. Uh, and the sales funnel basically, um, allows that person to go through a process in which, um, they're sold over a period of time into this person's sales ecosystem. Um, so I just wanted to give you kind of a, a general overview of how people make money online. I'm sure there may be some terms in there that I mentioned that uh, need further clarification. And what I'll do on subsequent episodes uh, is, you know, I'll talk a little bit more about this, and you know, I'll give I'll give some like marketing one-on-one uh, lessons here and there, things that I learned, things that I think are helpful, things that I'm using in my business. So anyone who has um, questions about these sort of things uh, can get answers. And if, uh, you know, if, if there's something that I mentioned in this podcast or something that you have a question about in particular, definitely reach out to me. Um, you can leave a comment in um, the, uh, on, my, on my site, internetballers.co, and uh, you can leave a comment after the podcast episode. Um, and, uh, I'll respond to the comment or you can send me an email at Michael at internetballers.co and, uh, I can respond through email as well. So, uh, thanks a lot for joining the podcast, uh, this week. It really means a lot to me, uh, that you're, that you're tuning in. I, I really enjoy doing this show and, uh, look forward to connecting with you next week. So thanks a lot. Let me know if you have any questions and, uh, have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Internet Ballers podcast. Don't miss out on next week's episode. 
head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave a review. Check out the Internet Ballers blog at internetballers.co for more tips on how to accelerate your progress and expand your vision.